Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. My co-host this evening, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Happy snow day. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It, we actually had a white Christmas in Charlotte. Uh, see, we're getting it today. Yeah, it, it was It was amazing. And and this morning we wake up, and it, was just, it looked like a um, – it, it, looked like a Christmas, uh, it looked like a, a, a greeting card outside. The snow stuck to the trees and everything. We got about four or so inches out there. It was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Up here, it's like all ice now. It's like ice snow, and we're supposedly getting anywhere from 16 to 20 inches. So oh, it's going to be a lot of Four snow. inches any old time. Yeah, I, I don't, I hate, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm not a big fan of the snow in the south, because nobody down here knows how to drive in it. <laughs> no one. And so, so here's. And, and, and if anybody is in the south listening right now, you're gonna, you'll probably really resonate with this. You see, what's funny is, is that when it's snow and it's icy, you're on the freeway and people are zinging by about 85, 90 miles an hour. When it rains, people come to a complete stop, and they will turn uh-huh. their hazards on. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I don't understand that. Why is that? I don't know. People drive crazy all the time. You always got the people in the trucks who think they own the road. Oh yeah, so. it's 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 nutty. So so, how was your Christmas? Good, good. How was yours? It was good. So what did you get? What did you get? Was Santa kind well, to you? Uh, Santa was overly kind, of course. Uh, you know, just uh, we got a, a new Keurig uh, coffee maker. <gasps> uh, you got a Keurig? Yeah, I love it. Uh, we got one, too. Oh, I love it. Gloria Jean's coffee is my favorite, and uh-huh. they sell them, and I'm so excited because now I can have Gloria Jean's at home because they closed the ones that were around us. Well, I used to get coffee, so it's nice to have that. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, it's lovely. It's yeah. great. Yeah. What I'm else so you get? excited about that. Um, well, let's see. I, you know, some other clothes, you know, clothes, sweatshirts. I got a really cool Snuggie, um, uh, real velvety and, like, it's really nice. It's a, a fluffy Snuggie, I think they call it. It's it's really awesome. Um, I, I never had a Snuggie, so I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Snuggie. I've I got one as well. Yeah, and I think yeah. my favorite thing that I got was um, my partner proposed to me. So, um, <gasps> what? of course, wait, I wait, said say yes. Say this again. Yes, Joe proposed, and uh, now we're engaged. And you know, it's just another step in my life that I never thought, as a gay HIV positive man, I would ever take. And it's it's a real you know 
emotional thing for me because it's, it's just something that I never thought would happen. And well, I'm how sure, did he you know, do it? Jeremy, you understand. He had it in I my stocking, it. you know. You know, and he got down and he asked me to be his forever. It was really, really special, and it was it was a perfect Christmas. But, but got to spend it with details. family. Robert, Robert, details. Did he get down on a knee? Did he? Did yeah, he? That's all the details I have. <laughs> did you guys do it then after? No. What did you do it then after? No, we were. Yeah. Through, you know, we were doing. No, we didn't just. Oh, anyway. Next. <laughs> oh, so that was oh, mine. Oh. What about your your Christmas, Jeremy? Oh, wait, hold yours? on. No, no, no. I want. I know. I see Joseph. He's he's in the chat room. So Joseph, did you guys do it? Yes or no? That that's all I need to know. Did you yeah, do he's it? He's gonna answer. After? He just listens. <laughs> oh, we had, no, we had a great. It was it was really special. It was really great. Um, and, and like I said, it was just one of those times in my life that I never thought that I would be able to see. So, you Isn't know, it lovely? Yeah, so, it is okay. lovely. It's really So special. if you, you know, since I just went through the whole rigmarole, we'll, we'll call now. We'll, we'll talk and see. I'll, I'll help you plan. You can have a My Fair Wedding <laughs> by by me. Yeah, I ain't rushing. We're not rushing too fast. We're waiting to get things, you know, in check money-wise. So we'll see how it works. <laughs> We'll see yes, how it works. Because I will tell you, it's very expensive. Yes. All right. And I have a very big family, and I, I yeah. would want everybody there. But anyway, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about this another time. Okay. But <laughs> so yeah, we'll move on from there. <laughs> my Christmas, well, congratulations. I think that's fantastic. Thanks, I and Joe, it. it's about damn time. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, our Christmas was nice. We got a Keurig also, and I'm I'm in love with it. Um. We went and saw Tron today. How was it? Movie. I loved it. It was perfect. Yeah. Those of you who are old enough to remember Tron the first time, you will not be disappointed. You just won't be. Um, what, what? So what? What did I get? I got a couple things. Oh, I got um, a bottle of that Bang, Mark Jacobs Bang Cologne. Mm. Oh, God. I haven't heard anything about it. Is it really good? Oh, it's good. so nice. When you first when you first do a spritz, you get a nice peppery smell, a peppery aroma, okay. and then that tapers down, and it's it's a very masculine smell. So it's it's new for me. Um, and uh, and what what else? Oh, um, Mark got me a couple of Wonder Woman books because I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan. For those of you who know me. <laughs> Huge Wonder Woman, and um, let's see. We we got a couple, of, but again, the Keurig. His Mark's sister and brother-in-law got us this Keurig coffee maker. So I I'm I'm thrilled with that because I've already made it made several cups now. So now I just have to find out where to find. Um, oh, you can the find them pot. anywhere. You can find yeah. them in J.C. Penney's. You can find them in Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, you can find them in Acme. So where? you're good to go. Acme, like a supermarket. Usually, big like supermarkets like Shoprite or whatever you have down there. Uh, we have a um, Harris Teeter, and I have a boutique Harris Teeter next to me. So it's not a great big one. It's just a smaller one, and they didn't have them. Hmm. So I have to go to another yeah, store to find, a big to find them. Yeah, I'm assuming that they're in the coffee aisle. Yes. So, so well, anyway. sounds like you had a great Christmas as well. We did. We had a great time, and it was just a lovely day. It was just a lovely day. Charlie had a great Christmas. She got to go spend some time with her friends and 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 stuff. And it was just it was nice. 
it was just a nice day all the way around, and I have tomorrow off. Cool, cool. You know, it's wonderful. Well, that's the way to do it, you know. Absolutely. Tomorrow we're going to be shoveling all day, so that ought to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, exactly. so for people who are, are, are just tuning in for the first yeah. time and you may be listening and and you're not sure exactly uh, how the show goes, I just want to remind everybody that Podcast Radio here is every Sunday at 9, and what we do is we try to give the voice back to people living with HIV and allow the everyday person to, to step up and share their story, and sometimes we find an extraordinary people like tonight's guest, um, Angelica Demonic. Um, for those of you who do not know Angelica, uh, she was featured on MTV's Staying Alive, uh, Me, Myself, and HIV um, show that was uh, premiered on World AIDS. Uh, did you happen to uh, check that out at all, Jeremy? Are you putting me on the spot now? All right. So it was amazing if you happened to see it because what, <laughs> what, the, what, the, what the, the show did is it actually took two 20-somethings, a, a, a gentleman who lived in Africa, and then Angelica, who lives here in the United States, and kind of compared their life living with HIV around being, you know, in their 20s and um, how it, uh, you know, how their life played it out and what they're going through. And it shared his uh, struggles to become a an R&B rap singer, being openly HIV positive, and, uh, you know, and him, him trying out, and it showed his struggles with that. And then it showed her and... Um, somebody that she was dating at the time, and how their relationship worked and, you know, how things were for her. It really shared basically how from when they were diagnosed kind of up to where they are now. And, and she's doing a lot of amazing things uh, going back to school. So she's on the line now. So please help us welcome Angelica DeMonica. Hello, Angelica. Hi. Hey, Angelica. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I, I'm sorry. I think I just... That on my sock. Excuse me for one second. There we go. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I'll leave it to Jeremy. So we're excited to have you on, Angelica. Um, Thank you. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been friends with you for a while on on Facebook, and like I said, I always, I always, we always had something. I don't know, something about you that stuck out. You have this look that's very beautiful and very. I don't know how to explain it, but I was talking to oh, you about kind. it. And, and no, and it's just it's captivating, and it really pulls you in your eyes, and it and it really makes you want to listen. And when you were on um, the show that was featured on MTV, uh, Me, Myself, and HIV, it was really, it was really, really something that that touched me because it was I, I just fell into you, like it was it was really from the heart everything that you said, and I think that you. you know. One of the really main reasons I wanted to have you come on just to tell you because it's awesome what you do, what you did with that. Thank you. Aww. <laughs> Aww. How was that? Aww. My heart is all warm now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because he pees on himself, so be careful. <laughs> he must have peed on my heart too. Exactly. See? <laughs> and see, and and it's on the inside, so it's only you can feel it. Oh, you peed in my insides. That is so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's been one four minutes and I'm already violated. <laughs> See how that works? Uh, yes, we are a moving violation crew over here. <laughs> so, so, Angelica, um, tell us a little about a little bit about you and um, why why folks. Well, and I'll tell you why I'm so impressed. 
with you, but I'll do that later on. But that's just to give a little teaser for the, our listeners who might be just l- listening for me because, you know, I'm <laughs> the one that draws, you, draws them in. But, um, but tell us a little bit about you, about how you got onto this whole big MTV thing. Well, how I got onto that was actually I didn't really do anything. Um, <laughs> I woke up one morning and I checked my Facebook inbox, and um, I guess the executive producer from London, from Firecracker Productions, um, Emma Young, she's amazing. I love her. But um, I guess she had found some of my Facebook pages, my activist stuff that I do, and she contacted me and she said, you know, I'm looking for a woman in the U.S. who's HIV positive, who's between 18 and 25, who wants to do this documentary. And I was like, I'd love to do it. And within 10 days, I believe it was, her and the director, Tom, were here from London filming, and it was completely crazy. But it just all happened pretty fast, and I didn't even, like, do anything to make it happen. It just kind of fell into my lap, so I feel like it was supposed to happen, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So so what life-changing experience has it been for you? Um, I guess it's been life-changing in the sense where I guess I've received just, like, so much support and encouragement from around the world. And I guess, I don't know, the biggest part for me is I've had so many people contact me and tell me their personal stories and tell me, like, that they just found out they were positive and asked me for advice and stuff like that. And just to have that and to know that, I could, you know, be a supporter and inspiration for somebody else who's going through the same thing that I've been through or to even be a prevention message for somebody else. Like I've had people say, I'm scared to get tested, but now I'm going to go get tested tomorrow, thank you, and stuff like that, you know, and just to know that by doing this show, which to me was just such a simple thing to do, by doing this Mm -hmm. show, like, there's people out there that are taking care and responsibility for their sexual health now. Like, I'm just so happy I could have done that. That's awesome. So, Angelica, for people who haven't seen the episode, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what was it like when you you were 23 when you were diagnosed? Tell us a little yeah. bit about what that, you know, time was for you. Well, when I was diagnosed, I was seven days out of rehab because I'm an ex-meth addict. So I oh had my. gone to rehab. Hmm? I said, so I was- am I. You're in good company. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I went to rehab and I got out, and I got tested while I was in there, but I did it at Planned Parenthood, so it took, like, a few weeks to get the results back. And I was seven days out of rehab, so, like, maybe a month and a week sober, and the health department came to my door and told me I was HIV positive, um, which they had to do because I changed my number and all that stuff, so, you know, to get out of the drug scene. But um, it was devastating, obviously. I kind of fell apart. I ended up relapsing that night, and then I spent, like, the next, I think, year getting high again. And it kind of took me, I, I took myself to the point where my body started falling apart and I realized that instead of using this as a reason to destroy myself, I needed to use it as a reason to actually give a shit about my health now. You know, and so that's where I was at the point. And I've kind of used it like, I hate to say this because it's not a good thing. You know, I'm not happy I'm HIV positive, but at the same time, you can turn anything that happens in your life. It can either be a tragedy or a blessing. It depends on how you look at it and what you do with it. And I've decided to take it and turn it into a good thing. Now I take care of my health. I've been off of math for over a year now. I'm in school again. You know, I'm actually can you hear that? Taking... That's applause. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing the right things. I'm doing the right things for the first time in my life, and I feel like I actually have a purpose now. 
And so I feel like in the long run, if it took me becoming HIV positive to get me to change, then that's what needed to happen, you know? Right. Sometimes we need to happen. And that awakening, that moment when you realize that you're going to turn, you know, the negative into a positive and, and you start, you know, having that purpose, it's just such a special experience to have that. You know what I mean? Okay. And not too many people actually have it, so I like to hear when other people have that, that aha moment. Oh, definitely. It's an amazing thing. And sometimes that aha moment is sometimes it, it can almost be too late, and sometimes it's right at the right time. Oh, exactly. I feel like it was at the perfect time for me. I needed it to happen exactly when I did. Yeah. That's funny because I, I, I you know, think about that too, that I felt like if I wasn't diagnosed HIV positive, I would probably be dead now. Oh, exactly. doing all the things that I did before. Exactly. I would be, I'd probably be in jail for selling drugs or something stupid or not in very good health or something. Like something would not be right. I know that. Or maybe I'd be on the streets again or something. But instead, you know, I've had the same apartment for two years. I'm in school. I'm taking care of myself. I feel healthier than I ever have. I've been sober for longer than ever. Like things are actually going right now. So Isn't that, that's terrific, Angelica. That's just awesome. Thank you. Thank you. What kind of, um, because I know that, you know, going through a drug addiction, HIV diagnosis, the support group that you need to surround yourself with must be Mm -hmm. pretty incredibly strong for you. Can you tell us about that? Um, I'm, I'm really, really lucky in the sense that I've always had, instead of quantity of friends, I mean, I've always had a quantity of friends, but I know who my real friends are, and I've always had and been really lucky to have really close friends in my life. And I also am really lucky to have a few really, really good people that are in recovery and stuff like that in my life. Like, honestly, my friend Rory has been such a support for me. He lives across the hall from me, and he's in recovery, and he understands a lot of what I'm going through, and he's pretty much been there through everything. And so it's like to have that. And even, you know, also my father, like I'm so close to my dad. And just having a dad who's always been like, you know, I can tell him anything. I've never had to lie to him. And he always says, you know, sweetheart, just take care of yourself. And he trusts that I know what's best for me. You know what I mean? And without that, I don't know if I'd be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, see, you are how old? You're 23? I'm 25 now. 25. Okay. Yes. 25. <clears throat> and at 25 years old, you have such a good head on your shoulders. Thank you. Because... And I can say that because I'm I'm way older than you. And um, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> oh, how old are you? We we'll talk about that later, Angelica. How old are you? You never ask a lady her age. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I know. You don't ask people who are over. <laughs> um, no, I'm actually. I'll be 36 in March. So okay. Yeah, I could have been your babysitter. <laughs> Think about that. Well, maybe if I had had a babysitter, I wouldn't have gone through so much hell. <laughs> well, there you go. See? See? And and we come right back around to the sound of music where everyone needs a governess. <laughs> Sorry. It was inside joke that there's half of the chat room in here. We were all watching the sound of music together on just sad lives. Um. <laughs> but uh you know so you you have a great family you have let's 
so I, I just want to take a couple steps back further about okay. what made you decide to actually go into rehab the first time. And if you didn't make that decision, where do you think you would be today? Well, the first time I went to rehab, I was 18. And what got me to go in that time is I had started using heroin and using needles. And I always told myself those are two things I would never do. And so when I saw myself doing that, I got scared to death and I checked myself in. And then the two times I went after that, it was just, you know, after you're in recovery once, you know when you're messing up and you know what you should be doing. You know what I mean? And it just takes getting back to that desperation to do it again. Um, and then I forgot what the second part of the question was. <laughs> <laughs> and and what <laughs> oh, there's a bad joke there, but I'm not going, it's in bad taste. Um so the the second part of the of the question was uh if you hadn't made that decision, okay. where do you think you'd be today? I'd be a tragic mess, I know that much. I mean I'd like I said I'd either be dead in jail or on the streets, tragic mess. Like, I definitely would not be anywhere near where I am. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. Are Are you glad that you made the choices that you did? Oh, yeah. I'm glad I've been through everything I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, I got kicked out of my house at a young age and stuff like that because, well, my mom was in a controlling relationship, and so he would try to, you know, kick me out and all this stuff. So, I mean, I've been through a lot of crap. Um, I was homeless a lot as a teenager and all this stuff, but I don't regret any of it, and I don't wish any of it wouldn't have happened because all of it's mm-hmm. made me who I am today. And all of the right. strengths and all of the wisdom and everything that I have today that helps me get through life and makes me who I am has come from, from all the hardship and stuff. And so I'm I'm actually really happy. I feel like life is an opportunity to learn and grow, and that's why we're here. And if you're not going through something, you don't really have the capacity to learn and grow, and so I'm grateful for all of the things that I've been through. Oh, that is such a beautiful answer. Um, you know what I mean? Because it's so true. All of their struggles and tragedies really mold us to who we are and have exactly. made us who we are today. And it's, it's a big part of, you know, our process, our journey here, and, and what we're supposed to do. So kudos exactly. for that answer. Um, one of the things in the um, in the show that you did on MTV was get a huge, huge um, African tribal tattoo right? <laughs> yes. on your back. That yeah, hurt. I have a few questions about that. One was, did it hurt? Oh, my God, it as hurt like it hell. Looked. It hurt so bad I wanted to quit halfway through, but I didn't want to leave it looking halfway done. <laughs> okay, my second thing was, what, was it really three hours? Yes. I thought it was going to take longer than that, but it only yeah, took three so. hours. And I only took one quick break because I just wanted to get it over with as quickly as possible. But, yeah, it took three, three hours. hours. That's yes. it? Yeah, that's it. He was really good. Here, I know I, Leviticus is amazing. I, I'm sitting here with on my arm with because I'm getting my whole I'm getting a whole sleeve done, uh-huh. and the line work itself took seven hours. How detailed is it? See, that's the question. Because oh, when it's, you just have basic black like this, it probably takes a little faster. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's very detailed. And yeah. um, in March, I go in for some color. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have and, taken a lot longer had it been color and, you know, more detailed the yeah, size I, it is. But considering just, it was just basic just black. Right now, line work, huh? seven and a half hours, one sitting. That's right. I rock. You don't. 
<laughs> Why's it going to be a competition, man? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm an old man. <laughs> well, maybe by the time I'm an old woman, I'll have you beat. We'll see. All right. That sounds good. Okay. You're on. You're on. Ten years from now, we're going to compare you, notes. I'll call you in 11 years, and we'll see what's up then. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to stomp you, just watch. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know, one of the other things that I found um, interesting that you did during the show was before you got the tattoo, you called them up over the phone and disclosed that you were coming in to get a tattoo and to make yep. sure it was okay with them. Is that something that you did? Um, do you have previous tattoos? Is that something you did before? Or um, just I first? haven't actually. That was my first tattoo since I've been oh, HIV wow. positive. I haven't gotten a tattoo okay. since 2006. So that was my first one since. So. No, that's something that, that, was you, also, you, that was also for the show, too. You know? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I wanted, that's what I thought. Like, I wanted to see was, what was for the show. Yeah, we were, a lot of it was, you know, making sure everything was clear to the viewers. And we only filmed for, I think, seven or eight days. So uh-huh. we had to, you know, plan everything we were going to do and kind of fit it in there and... So, I mean, a lot of it was to help explain things, and, yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was kind of odd that the tattoo guy was, like, kind of interviewing you about when you were, you know, diagnosed, how old you are, and I was like, that's odd. I wonder why they're doing that. (laughs) I don't know if they asked him to do that or if he did that on his own. I really don't know about that part, but he's really cool. I really liked him. I'm going to go back. he seemed like a cool guy. Yeah, I'm going to go back. I know he's tattooed Billy Bob Thornton and some other, like, big people, so I don't know. He's pretty good, though. I'm going to go back and use him again next time. Uh, what does the tattoo mean? There's a, cause there's a, the symbol means something, right? Yeah, it's a West African symbol. It's like the symbol of the fern, ultimately. It's the symbol of endurance, and it's worn by somebody who's been through a lot of crap and still made it through stronger. Mm, so like that's that. why I chose it. I would have got it a little bit smaller. <laughs> if it was me, it would have been like an instinct. Honestly, as long as it was on the tab of the production, I was totally right. going to go big. <laughs> I hear you. I'm going to you know, you are, The more I, I'm listening to you, the more and more I like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, I, I just want everybody also to know that Angelica is a friend of mine on Facebook. And before I and, – and Angelica actually friended me first. And um, – and I looked at the name, Angelica DeMonica, <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it, like, who the hell is this drag queen? I honestly thought it was oh a drag queen. I always say that. I always say that. I say, God, I must have, I sound like a drag queen. I know I do. I know I do. It's so funny. <laughs> that I think I was a drag queen, so. That was the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, what a great creative name. So before I even knew who Angelica was, <laughs> I accepted her just because I love the name. So, <laughs> and then I found out that it was a real girl, and I'm like, oh, shit. I love when you just saw my picture, you knew I wasn't a drag queen. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, is, is, is that, A, is it your real name? No. <laughs> it's not my real name. Okay. But nobody, yeah, my real name is... What I use for you know jobs and stuff, but right, exactly. Right. So, so I just yeah. wanted because that was actually a question in the chat room. Um, <laughs> somebody was you know asking if it was your real name. 
so we just want to say, no, it's not. Her real name is Skinny <laughs> McGruder. And My then real we're name is <laughs> Eleanor Penis Face or something. I don't yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but but yeah, I totally accepted the friend request based off the name. So anybody that has like fun names and and really off the wall names, get my friend requests first. <laughs> I I will I will absolutely accept the invite when I don't even know who the hell you are. So just well, just, there you go, people. If you want a friend here, you you got to come up with something interesting. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like some young men hung so low. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh dirty oh, dirty dirty. You know what? I'm I'm I am so fake. You have no idea. Um, I think I have a bit of a clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's all in my head, you see. So, um, <laughs> um I just wanted to let everybody know that it is about 9:30. We're at the bottom of the hour and we are talking with Angelica DeMonica. Um, who that which is that is her real name? She is a drag queen, and we love her anyway. And I have um, a really big cock. That's right. She has a huge penis. Massive. Huge. Massive. It's like baby arm big. Um, so, uh, and I've seen it. Touched it once. Oh, you've um, more than seen it. You tasted it, girl. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't. Good Lord, let me tell you, it was so hard to talk after a week. My jaw was locked open for a month. Oh, shit! It. <laughs> no, I said it. Um. Anyway, Robert's like, I aming me right now, going, shut up, shut up, shut up. Come back to the show. Um, We're getting in trouble. <laughs> so, if you guys, if anybody is listening to the show, I mean, if anyone is, and I'm sure there is out there somewhere. If you're listening, give us a call at 347-215-9442, and we can talk to – and I'll let, we'll let you – we'll allow you to ask Angelica a, a question. And Ooh. if it's not a good question, we're just going to cut you off and move on. <laughs> so, um, so give us a call, 347-215-9442. Um, I also want to let people know that – Jeremy, I yeah. just want to let people know that they can uh, tweet us questions at PauseIM on Twitter, oh, and they watching? can also put them oh, in the okay. chat room. Yes, and there's Sorry. actually a question in the chat room now um, from Janine Brignola. Ooh. Ooh, do you know who that is? <laughs> we love Janine. We yeah, love Janine. I love her. Okay. I love her a lot. We love her long <laughs> we time. We love her long time, too. Um, uh, so Janine asks, when did you start your activism, and how long after your diagnosis? Um... Probably about a year and a half after my diagnosis. So that was about a year ago now. I started, um, I had a podcast for a while for the show So Gay called Cured. And I, you know, started just doing stuff on the Internet, like Internet activism and stuff like that. So that's how I got started. So yeah, it's been about I a year remember now. that. Yeah. I remember <laughs> the, the radio show. Do you still do that? No, I did that for a while, and then I spoke at a film festival and did some other things, and then they were busy with the film festival stuff, so I stopped doing it, and then I got the documentary gig, and now I'm just kind of doing whatever I'm doing, so. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. I just just remember you holding up a sign on Facebook. Oh, yeah, my This Is What HIV Positive (laughs) Looks Like. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Cool, cool. So we actually have a caller, so I'm going to go ahead and bring the caller on. 
Area code okay. 404, you're on the air. What's your name and where you calling from? Hi, Robert. It's Nina. Hi, Nina. How are you? <gasps> it's Nina. <laughs> yes. Hi. Hello, Angelica. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, first Nina. Hi, Nina. Hi. Uh, first, I want to say congratulations to Robert and way to go, Joe. Get that Yay. out of the way. Jeremy, I feel your pain. It's so freaking cold. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, this Minneapolis. We're big, fat HIV wussies. Like, my T-cells can't move. <laughs> no. So, I anyway. And, and, um... I'm actually coming to Minneapolis in March of 2012. Yeah, I plan ahead. Uh, I, I work in S, I work in STDs here at CDC, and we're having our national conference, our national STD conference in Minneapolis in March of 2012. Okay. That's called saving money. Um, <laughs> Plug. Way to go. Okay, enough of that. On to my question. I literally just watched this documentary tonight because I heard you were going to be on the show. Um, I I was in China for World AIDS Day, so access to internet is somewhat limited, and um, as well as cable. And I don't have cable in my house, so I just got to watching the documentary. So it's fresh in my mind. And here's my question: In the beginning, Taylor's introduced as being HIV negative, but then later in the program, it, it's shown that he's being tested for HIV, which comes out, you know, the result is negative. And I just wondered if if because you all were talking about what was for the show and what was not. Was this sequencing intentional, or um, I was a little confused. For for them to say he was HIV negative and then for him to show being tested for HIV later in the program. I think what they meant in the beginning was probably to say that, to his knowledge, he was HIV negative. But I think, um, yeah, they probably did what most people do in just assuming that he was because he didn't know if he was positive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because when we when we went and got him tested, I didn't know this at the time, but he had never been tested before. And I didn't know yeah. that when we went and got him tested, and that was actually really him getting tested and that all that was actually at the last part of the filming, the test. Yeah. And so that was really in sequence like that. But yeah, when they introduced him as HIV negative at the beginning, that was to our knowledge. That wasn't factual yet. <laughs> Right. I, it would have it would have been really great if that had come out more that you know most people yeah. think that they're HIV negative and you yeah. know, people like you should be applauded for knowing that you're HIV positive and that, and that sort of. I messaging. agree with you so. definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much for answering my question. Thank you for I the question. Hand it over to the next inquisitive, tattoo loving. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nina. By the way, Bye, Nina, we still have to get together sometime. Anyway, I'll I'll call you. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So so what was the um support like from your your friends? Did you I know you talked a little bit about, you know, your father being supportive and all that. What was it like for your friends? Did you get any kind of a negative backlash maybe from people you didn't who didn't know your status and then found out when it was on TV? Um, no, actually, I've always been so super open about my status since I found out that when the show was on, like, everyone in my life already knows. And so that's kind of how I deal with it is by making sure I just put it out there because that way I don't have to worry about people finding out or treating me weirdly or gossiping about me or telling people I don't want knowing. 
And I always, I guess, I feel like that's kind of my defense in a way. And also it's, you know, a means of education for other people and stuff like that. But it's also kind of a defense because how can people talk about you if you talk about yourself first? Right. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of always just to put it out there. Um, Janine asked, didn't you lose, Janine asked in the chat room, didn't you lose your best girlfriend because of an issue about you being HIV positive? I did when I first found out, um, one of my friends, she was, she seemed cool about it. And then we went out drinking one night about three months or four months after I found out I was positive. And when she was drunk, she said some pretty crappy things to me. And then I just stopped talking to her, but we recently reconnected and, because, I mean, in my past, when I was high and drunk, I've done and said things that I didn't mean and that I feel really bad about. And my friends have forgiven me. And so me and her right. have reconnected, and there's forgiveness there, and I love her more than anything in the world. She's one of my closest friends still to this day. And so, the, yeah, that's the only um, relationship I've had go sour, and it's completely fixed and better now. So, yeah. You know, well, I tell you, alcohol brings out the worst in a lot of people. Oh, it really does. It's And that's the thing, like, it used to bring out the worst in me. Like, there were times when I would black out, and the next day my closest friends would tell me I attacked them. You know what I mean? In my younger days. And so it's like, right. I have to be, un- and they've forgiven me, and they're still my friends, and so I have to be understanding when other people go through similar things. She doesn't drink anymore. She's matured a lot. Like, I can't hold that against her. Like, I love her to death. Well, that's good. I'm glad you guys were able to patch this up. Me too. She was a very important friend to me. So Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Enough of the mushy stuff. <laughs> um, so, Angelica, what are you doing now? What What's going on with you? I know we, we've gotten, you know, a long ways through, through you know, your your rehab and drug use and diagnosis, the – the radio show. I mean, you've done so much and in, in so and in, in quite a lot. What are you doing now? Right now, um, I'm a full-time student. I'm on break right now, um, and I'm still writing blogs for the Staying Alive campaign. And let's see, what else am I up to? I'm kind of just relaxing lately, and I'm dating again, and that's good. And I just reconnected with my mother and my brother, so that's awesome. And cool. yeah, I don't know. Did they did they um, reach out to you because of uh, the MTV thing they seen or? No, my mother was um, she was in a controlling marriage for many years and she just got a divorce from him a few months back, and she's like getting her life and her family back and stuff. And so I've reconnected with her, and my brother lives with her. And so through her divorcing him and reconnecting with me, I've been able to reconnect with my brother as well. And so, so good. that's been awesome. Yeah, that's so yeah. good. Um, you know, before when I was out there using and, and not giving a crap about myself, uh, I, I always seemed to push my family away from me. Like, I always felt they couldn't understand. And, you know, yeah. when it comes to terms like now, we sit and look at it. And I was at the same age as yours, 25, when I started um, opening up about my status and everything. And it just yeah. puts everything into perspective that your family is really the most important thing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, all that bull crap that happened in the past or whatever, you know, you didn't, we didn't get along. I mean, that just kind of goes with it. It's just the experience. But we're always family no matter what happens. And I always oh, exactly. try to tell people that your family is always there. Mm-hmm. Usually. Exactly. I'm just so happy to have them in my life. So. Well, I, I'll tell you, you know, we don't pick our families. 
Exactly. But we do pick our friends. Yeah. And we yeah. and we and a lot of the time we're able to choose um a surrogate family, so to speak. And I mean And I, I did I, that for many years. Yeah. <laughs> it, because it, it's true that you know, um it, it, you know, especially when you grow up gay or um and then you've because some parents will, you know, disown their children um, just for that little stupid thing that nobody has control of. And then, you know, <clears throat> you know, same thing happens when you become HIV positive. Same thing can happen when, you know, you know, during drug use and, and, yep. and things like that. So it's we tend to look for people to find that support and, and, and just being able to have either your blood re- relative in, in your in your in your picture or in the picture, and then be, or being able to find a surrogate family that can take place if you're not able to pass those things up. But good for you for for um, for making that happen because it's very important. Definitely, it really is. So, um, and because I don't want to leave too much dead air because you know this is radio after all. I mean. <laughs> I, I like to pretend I'm on camera and mug for the camera, but there's never any laugh track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. See, I got it. Um, so we. <laughs> so again, I uh, just wanted to reiterate: if anybody would like to call in, it's three four seven two one five nine four four two. If you have a question for for uh, Angelica. Um, so Angelica, so, what is it? What is? Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, I just wanted to get this in real quick. What is it like? Uh, hello, are you guys there? Yeah. No, we're yeah. here. Okay. What is? Yeah. <laughs> what is it like in Minnesota where you're at? What is the, the aid service organizations? How is it for people in Minnesota? You know, are they able to connect with, you know, getting help and getting you know the right medication and all that? Oh, definitely. We have a lot of really good agencies here. Um, for one, the Aliveness Project is incredible. Um, that's pretty much. Uh, an agency that started out with a group of HIV-positive people back in the 80s, and now it's like this big organization that I think serves one in four HIV-positive people in the state. They have meals there, case management services, um, therapeutic services like massage. They do holiday baskets. They do all sorts of stuff there. Um, And then we also have Minnesota AIDS Project, which is incredible. And then we have lots of really good clinics for doctors and stuff. And so it's like I've heard that Minnesota and California are probably two of the best places to live if you're HIV positive. And I would definitely, you know, have to say that it is pretty true about Minnesota, that it's a pretty good place with a lot of good resources. And, I mean, there is community if you need to find it. Cool. That's awesome. Because, you know, that's always what people, you know, always struggle saying that they're not able to get help. So when we have people on from different places, and I don't think we've had anybody on from Minnesota yet, I always like to find out how hard it is to get help. When wait, you wait, 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 you haven't had anybody yes. on from Minnesota yet? Have oh, we? no, that was I said I don't Never think. mind. No, <laughs> never mind. I'm thinking Wisconsin. <laughs> I haven't had anybody on yet that I know of from Minnesota, so it's nice to you know, for people to know that, that that help is there for them. That was quite the challenge to end up being wrong. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I know, like, wait, wait, what, what, what? Oh, wait, never mind. Wrong Good state. Job, buddy. Good Same job. general area. Right? <laughs> it's one of those cheese states up there. I don't know. Yeah, Minneapolis is a little bit more, uh, I don't know what I, I, I'm not insulting Wisconsin. We'll just leave that alone. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bob Bowers. He's from up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that general location. 
The Midwest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mid-north, Midwest. I call it the flyover states, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> Have you been to Minneapolis? Never. You should check it out. It's not the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's not bad. I saw I saw Minneapolis once on House Hunters. It really <laughs> should have been House Hunters International, but hey. <laughs> it, it, it's just too darn cold up there. In oh, the it is. It's, it's not, if I wasn't born here, there's no way I would live here. <laughs> I, who would decide? I'm going to move to somewhere that's below zero and like Arctic now. That's just insanity. Yeah, no. oh, that's, oh, oh. that's insanity. Yeah, it really is. Eight foot yeah. snow drifts on a good day. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> that's about what it's like right now. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> anyway. I digress. So, sorry to have challenged you, Robert. I do apologize. No, you're totally, totally fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Keep going. What am I going to do? I did not mean to pervert um, us. No, no, no. So, um, I'm trying to think of what it was just. There was something that was just asked in the chat room, and I lost it. Uh oh. While I look for that, no, that's fine. It's totally fine. Um, so we talked about your friends. We talked about your family. Your support. How is dating for you? Because um, I know when, I, when we were diagnosed, that's one of those things that a lot of people are concerned about to disclose and how to start it. If you're ever going to be able to have that relationship again. How has, yeah. has dating been for you? Um, it's it's actually surprisingly been pretty good. I found that I'm a lot more limited in who I choose to try to date, but I I I believe that's a good thing. Um, I'm a lot less likely to initiate a dating relationship with someone that I don't feel comfortable. Uh, talking to about anything, you know what I mean? Because I'm not going to date somebody and not tell them my status. That's just not the kind of person I am. So with me, if I'm not comfortable enough to tell you that, then I shouldn't be dating you. And so it's made it a lot easier to um, pick the right people. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I've had, you know, pretty much people surprise me. People have surprised the hell out of me. Um, When I first found out I was positive, I mean, and even now, like, there's still that insecurity, and I still feel like it's going to be a much bigger challenge than it actually is. I find if you're upfront with people and if you're not afraid of yourself and you just tell them, just openly, honestly, without sounding like, you know, oh, well, you're not going to like me because that's not going to ha-. Just put it out there, and if they want information, educate them. But I haven't had anybody um, be mean or hurtful, or I haven't even really had anybody – decide they didn't want to date because of it. Um, so, yeah, I've amazingly had all pretty good reactions. Um, a lot of people have just wanted to know more about it because they haven't ever known anybody who was open about being HIV positive before. And then a lot of people surprisingly have told me that they have people that are close to them in their life that are and they know about it and it's not a problem. And I'm like, oh, that's cool too. So I think just it's it's always more nerve-wracking before you put it out there. But once you put it out there, it's always, in my experience, been a lot a lot easier than I thought it would be, and it's a lot more um, comforting than you think it's going to be. Oh, I'm sure that's no, that's good to know that you've experienced that because a lot of people always struggle with that, so that's always something that I try to um, cover when we have people on. So, Definitely. Really I think it has a lot to do with um, being confident, you know, and not – because if you feel sorry for yourself and you feel like people shouldn't date you because of it and stuff like that – then that's the vibe and the energy you're going to put out to that person when you're talking to them. And that that's probably going to be how they're going to react. 
It's all how you present it, you know, and if you present it in a way where you're like, yeah, well, I made trivia pot. I usually present it because they'll ask me, oh, well, what do you do, stuff like that, and I'll talk about my activism, and then I'll go, yeah, I made trivia positive, and they go, oh, okay, and then they'll ask me about it, and it kind of just, you know, comes out that way. But if you're afraid of yourself and you don't feel good enough, then that's going to come out and somebody's going to respond to that, you know? Oh, uh, no, I totally agree because that's one of the things that, you know, we talk about is if you come from a place of strength, and if you go there – and you're crying yourself when you're disclosing to somebody. You know what exactly. I mean? How do you, you're falling apart in front of them. How are they supposed to not fall apart? So, exactly. Yeah, usually I so find that when. Uh huh. And they do. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, they do. that's when they're going to run away. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So, you are wanting to um uh you're you're going back to school to get a what social work degree? Yeah, I'm going to school for social work. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you want to do with that social work degree? I what want you- to be a case manager for people living with HIV, actually. So, okay. That's what I'm looking forward to doing. Um I don't know if I'm going to end up straying from that path, but that's what I have my sights on. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, are you are you looking to get into any particular um, any particular ASO or or anything like that? Um, I'm not that far into my into my planning right now. Like, I'm in my I just finished my first year of school, oh. so I have a ways to go. I have to choose an internship next year, and I'm sure, like you know, my internship and a lot of that stuff will shape where I end up going and what ends up right. happening. But right and now, I just have the basic ideas and I'm just making connections and kind of figuring out what I want and what I don't want in a career. So Yeah, yeah. You might yeah. not want to be a caseworker either. Yeah, I I think I will though. I love paperwork. I know that sounds insane. And my mom is actually a social worker and so I kinda I grew up seeing what it entails and I don't know. I, I feel like that's something I would want to do. You know, I, I got to tell you, um, <clears throat> and this is between you, me, and and Robert here, and, and everybody uh, listening. Yeah, well, you know, they don't, they don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just voyeurs, right? Voyeurs listening okay, in. Okay, you turn an exhibitionist, you. Exactly. I'm not an exhibitionist at all. Um, <clears throat> let me turn on my webcam, then you can really see what I look like. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. God, people would be running from their rooms. Um, but uh, where the hell was I going with this question? <laughs> right. Anyway. 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 Oh, um, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I probably couldn't be a social worker because I would, I couldn't stand to, to I, I can't even stand it when I'm heartbroken, yeah. let alone trying to be with somebody who is heartbroken. Yeah. And working them through things. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. For me, though, like, I don't know. I just know that the people, like my case manager that I had when I, well, I still work with her, but very rarely because I don't really need much anymore. But when I first found out I was positive, I was given a really amazing case manager. And honestly, like, without her um, working with me the way she did and trusting me and that I knew myself and stuff like that the way that she did, things would have been a lot harder for me, and I don't know if I would be where I am today. And so it's just knowing that, yeah, you're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of stuff that's going to break your heart, and you're going to see a lot of people in a lot of crappy situations, and it's going to break your heart. But at the same time, 
there's there's the knowledge that having gone through it myself and knowing that by being there while this person is going through this terrible thing, there's a much better chance that they're going to come out of it okay. And knowing that I can help give them the resources they need to pull themselves out of this. And then seeing people, you know, come from finding out they're HIV positive, being on the streets and being addicted to drugs to being in school, having places to live and all that stuff, like that would make it so worth it to me. Mm-hmm. You know. How do you um... – because, you know, a lot of people can say things like, you know, well, what an unfortunate situation, why didn't anybody help you? But as probably you know, and as, you know, it, the, the hardest thing about getting getting that point across is getting folks to understand that it's you who have to make the decisions. Oh, Nobody yeah, you have to help make yourself. The for you. There can be other people in your life that give you resources mm-hmm. and maybe point you to, you know, how to do what you need to do next, but you're the only one who can decide what you need to do next and commit to doing it. You know, you're the only one who can turn your own life around. So, I mean, nobody can help you if you don't want the help. Right. That comes with anything. That comes with, you know, deciding to change in any way, recovery, anything. Like, if you don't want to get sober, okay, let's sentence you to treatment. That's probably not going to do any good. Right. Probably not. So, I mean, yeah, it comes down to the individual deciding to make change, and that's another reason I think I would be able to work in that field without getting too heartbroken because, you, you know, you got to know that it's not up to you. Mm-hmm. You can give your clients resources. You can put out there what they need. At the same time, at the end of the day, if you're doing everything you can from your position and they're not deciding to do the right things, you can't take that personally and you can't put that on yourself. That's terrific. That's a great and that- outlook. And obviously, it's it's a great first semester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it says so on page 10. <laughs> I think that one is chalked up to life experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. No kidding. So um, I, I think we are getting down to our last few minutes, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, quick. yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, it did go quick. You know, Jeremy we got you laughing painful, the whole time. I mean, painless. <laughs> it's been virtually painless. <laughs> very, very true. You know, um, having you talk about the social work that you want to do and, and just hearing you speak in that little bit, that last question that Jeremy said, I mean, you are definitely the type of person who would be a good social worker. And I feel like a lot of women who go and try to get social worker help, they get help, but usually the person themselves isn't HIV positive, the social worker. And I feel exactly. that's really important. You know what I mean? And I had a hard time because my social worker was a straight woman, you know, who was HIV negative, and she didn't understand. And I think as a gay man, I have more resources available to me about HIV. So having somebody like you doing it is just monumental, and I think it's great. So I wish you all the luck going forward with that, and I hope it it pans out beautifully for you. And, Angelica, this was – I've had the best time. I have too. It's been great. You know, this has been a great, great, great. Um, so I, I, I just have one parting question that okay. um, I'd like to ask you. Ask and, me anything. <laughs> um, if you could sum up in one word to describe you, what is that? What would that word be? I'm too bipolar to answer this. Can I just say bipolar? I'm just joking. Bipolar is absolutely. No, no. I take that back. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Angelica <laughs> describes herself as being bipolar. Thanks, Angelica, for talking with us. And we will. Oh, no, I'm kidding. We still have five minutes. I want to change my answer. No. Okay. <laughs> yes. Would you like no, to call I don't, I guess I'm, I, I'm silly. I'm silly and fun, so I'd do one of those. But yeah, bipolar would kind of do the trick too. <laughs> Sort of the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you're a hoot, you're a hoot. So you are blogging over at the MTV Staying Alive, right? Yes. I noticed yes. you've been putting up a couple blogs, and people can find that actually at www.hiv.staying-alive.org. I just put the link in the chat room for people. Yes, so, sir, that um, is correct. And then they also gave me a FormSpring account. That's at formspring.me slash Angelica. And you can ask okay. me anything you want on there, and I'll answer all the questions. So, how is that? Because I joined up for that site once, and um, I got a lot of spam and a lot of perverted questions. <laughs> it's well, I have my own personal one, and that one I okay. don't even use because yeah, it's been kind of. Right. But the one that MTV created for me, um, yeah, it's been awesome. Like I've only been sent one nasty comment, and besides that. <laughs> Besides that, I've been asked a lot of really awesome questions, and also I've been sent a lot of Bible verses, which I don't really understand because they're not questions, <laughs> and so I just kind of delete those. What is that link again? What is um, the link to that? Spring, it's formspring.me slash mtvangelica. Okay. Got it. Awesome. There's no .com in there? Uh, no, it's .me instead. Okay. Yeah. Bingo, there it is. Go ask Angelica DeMonica some hot questions. <laughs> yes, ask me anything you want. And if I don't want to answer, I just won't answer. No. <laughs> uh, I am totally going to start emailing you questions now. This is awesome. All right. I'm going to get stingy with my answers now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you drinking? Hey, yes and yes. <laughs> and people can and also now. find you on Facebook. Right, right, Angelica, people can find you on Facebook and also yep. on Twitter. Uh, yes, they sure can. I don't really use yeah, my Twitter, not... but, yeah, you can go ahead and find me on there anyway. Yeah, and that is <laughs> at the Monica um, yeah, on Twitter. Monica. I just, friendly, just followed you and, and tweeted you a bunch of times, so hopefully you'll get some more followers there and start using it. Angelica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. It's been a great oh, pleasure. So thank you. Fun. And I can't wait All to right. see what you do more. All right? You have thank a great you. night. Yeah, you too. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Yep, thank you. Sweetheart. She oh, she was fabulous. Thing? Oh, I love her. Totally, totally oh, cool chick. She's spunky. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I if like haven't spunky. Seen it, you have to go check out uh, the Me, Myself, and HIV video. And, again, you can find that at www.hiv.staying-alive.org. Um, and you can see the whole episode there right online. You don't have to have cable. You don't have to have MTV. You can do it right on the Internet and our blog is there, and, and it was just a great show. And, um, you know, we wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, happy New Year, because when we come back, it'll be our 2011, first show in 2011, Jeremy. And we'll be speaking with, uh, she was in the chat room earlier, she got booed at Lady Positive, a.k.a. Brandy. And she's going to come on and talk about her life and, and what it's like for her to be living with HIV. And I'm, I'm really excited to have her on. She's, she's a cool chick, too. 
I, I can't wait. I'm looking so forward to it. And and I got to tell you, Angelica is a, is it was just just so much fun to talk to. Yes, yes, and I, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of her. I I, I think we will be. I think we All will right, be. Will you- well, you, Jeremy, had wonderful, great show tonight with you. Laughed me up the storm. Got everybody well, cracking up. So you, you know, you did call me your sidekick, so I have to live up to that. <laughs> oh, you're my Robin. <laughs> that's right, Batman. Girl. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. So, um, you know what? I did get to watch real quick a couple seconds. I got to watch the yeah. other city. The other city. Um, which was featured on World AIDS Day. It's called The Other City, if you look it up online. Um, and it's about HIV and AIDS and the increase in infections in Washington, D.C., and how it's being ignored and how uh, so much help is needed there. So go check it out. Um, you can look it up on Facebook, The Other City, and something will come up. There's videos. Have a great night. Jeremy, I will you talk too. to you next Sunday. Yes. And you have a great New Year. Yes. Everybody have a happy and safe New Year. Don't drink too much when you're out. Yes. Remember, you can find more information on Jeremy at PositivelySpeaking.com and more information on myself and the radio show at PositiveIM.com. Have a great night. See you, Jeremy. All right. Bye, everyone. Good night.